With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Worthy of the 
Subtopic, you know, Jesus offended a lot of people, you know, and, and the reality is that any true spokesman or spokeswoman from God is going to offend people. You know, um, I know that some of you are, are listening into this broadcast. You have been offended in my spirit. I'm saying good. My prayer is that whatever offense that that I have caused to you under the sound of my voice. There's two things that that are in my prayer. Number one, my prayer is that uh, it was an offense caused in love. That's number one. And number two, that uh, whatever the offense was, it has spurred you to change, to change and to do things in a manner that is more pleasing in the eyesight of God. You know, you don't offend just to be offending. Jesus didn't offend just to be offending. He wasn't just calling the religious leaders of his day snakes and vipers just to be mean, just to be cruel. Just No, no, he had a purpose in mind. He wanted their eternal, listen, Jesus wanted their eternal souls to be saved. And he saw them on a path or on a course that was not conducive 
with that. Understand this, child of God, under the sound of my voice, or any of you under the sound of my voice. God's got a vision for your life, whether you have that vision or not. God's got a place he wants you, whether you want to go there or not. God wants you to go to heaven. God said, Robert, tell my people, it's not my pleasure that any of them should should perish. It's not my will that any of them should perish. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God wants us to change. God wants us to get right. God wants us to do the right thing. God, because God said, look, I know how terrible hell is, Robert. God said, I'm the one that made it. And God says, I don't want any of my creation to have to go. But if they will not listen to me, if they will not submit and hearken to my voice, God says, yes, I will send them there. So understand, you know, something is wrong with a police officer that takes pleasure in shooting in shooting uh, people. That should not be a police officer's uh, uh, motive or shouldn't be something that that they take joy in. Something is wrong with a parent that takes joy in beating their children. Something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with an employer that takes pleasure in firing employees. Something is wrong with you. Now, you know, uh, we don't take pleasure in these things, even though we may have to do these things from time to time. Jesus Jesus didn't take pleasure in rebuking the religious leaders or, or rebuking the Jews. He didn't take pleasure in it, but he realized that there were bigger things at stake. And and in love, sometimes you're going to have to say some things to some people that they're not going to like. In love, you're going to have to do some things to some people sometimes that they're not going to like. As a basketball coach, I didn't take pleasure in having to line my guys up when they made mistakes and run them suicides, what we call suicides, which were just wind sprints, where you sprint from one baseline to the free throw line, sprint back, sprint to half court, then sprint back, sprint three quarters of the court, sprint back, sprint all the way down baseline to baseline, sprint back, and had to do it in under 30 seconds. I didn't take pleasure in that. But in order to correct some behaviors that are not conducive to your destiny, uh, I was willing to do it. God is willing to do the same thing in your life and mine, child of God. God tells us that he chastens those whom he loves. So that we don't cause offense. We looked at Matthew 17 and uh, 27 yesterday. We're going to take a look briefly today at Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Uh, also, Children of God, before we get into this, we'd like to take time to congratulate President-elect Donald Trump. Ah, some of you all understand my voice. Ah, Apostle, I don't like him. I don't like him. I wanted Hillary to win. Well, she didn't win. You know, if Hillary had won, then I would be taking this time to congratulate President-elect Hillary Clinton. But she didn't win. You know, people asking me, contacting me from all kind of different countries, all kind of different places. Apostle, who you vote for? What is this? I said, look, I don't vote. I don't vote. I said my responsibility, you know, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't get off into all of that right there. I said my responsibility remains the same no matter who is in office. God has told me to pray for those in authority. So whether it had been Hillary winning or whether it had been or since it's Donald Trump winning uh, or somebody, a third party candidate had won. my, My responsibility remains the same to pray for kings, to pray for those in authority. Because the prayer is that God will be able to use this man or this woman or this child or whoever has been placed in authority to do his good, pleasing and perfect will. Pray. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, children of God. Pray for Donald Trump. Pray for him. He's never served in any uh, official capacity. He may be the greatest thing that, that, that we have run into in the White House. And he may be <laughs> the worst. But our responsibility remains to pray 
for him. I want to encourage you to pray for our president elect so that we don't cause offense. We're going to look at Mark chapter six, verse three. Uh, the people in Jesus's hometown said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Capital being our our line once again. So we don't cause offense. One more time, Mark chapter six, verse three. The people in Jesus' hometown was like, Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Capital being our outline. So we don't cause offense. Let us pray. Father in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again today, Father. We thank you for not destroying us. We thank you for not dealing with us as our sins deserve. We thank you for blessing us again with uh, air, water, food, clothing, shelter. We thank you again, Father, for the ability to walk, to talk, to see. We thank you, Father, for uh, the, the, the election uh, that recently took place and how there wasn't too much uh, violence or too much uh, anarchy. Uh, we pray, Father, for President-elect Donald Trump in obedience to your word. Whether we like him or whether we don't like him, whether we uh, think he should have won or whether we don't think he should have won, whether we see character flaws or whether we don't, he is the man that you have destined to occupy the office in the United States of America at this time and at this season. We pray for him, Father, that you will speak to him, that your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding will fill his heart and fill his mind. You have told us in your word that the heart of the king is in your hands and you direct it like a water course. Direct his hand, Heavenly Father, that he may do either knowingly or unknowingly what you want done to this great nation. That America uh, will, in fact, be great again. We ask, Heavenly Father, that your good, pleasing and perfect will be done in our midst today as you uh, use your earthly vessel uh, to speak your words to your people. May they be blessed wherever and whenever they may hear this broadcast. May your name be glorified. May your name be uplifted. May your truth unfold. These and all other blessings we ask and count done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let God's people say amen. Amen and amen. Capital B in our outline, so we don't cause offense. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I shared this with you all a little bit last night. He was a very, very interesting character. There would be times he would be offending people, offending people, offending people. Then there would be times that the Lord would do something or say something so as not to cause offense. You know, Jesus always did the things that were pleasing in the eyesight of God. And one of the things that God is flashing in my spirit right now, he says, Robert, let my people know that there is a time and a place for every activity under the sun. God says, Robert, there's a time for you to offend some people. Then there's a time for you to refrain from offending. There were certain times where Jesus, God was calling on Jesus to offend whether it was through his words, whether it was through his actions, sometimes Jesus would just purposefully heal somebody right on the Sabbath. No, the Pharisees didn't like that kind of stuff. Jesus do it any, any, anyway, purposefully. 
tell, stretch out your hand right on the Sabbath in front of everybody and heal on the Sabbath. So there were times when the Spirit of God called for Jesus to offend, and then there were times, because Jesus was always obedient to the Spirit of God, that God called for Jesus not to offend. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? You need to understand, child of God, there will be times when God will call for you to offend for you and I to offend some folk, to say some things that folk don't like, to do some things that folk don't don't like, to go some places that folk don't like, to wear some things that folk don't like. There are going to be times. But then there will be times, bless the name of the Lord, where the Spirit of God will be saying don't offend so that we don't cause offense. We see here Mark chapter 6. It's entitled The Prophet Without Honor. And I, I love this. I, I love this. This, the, the, to be honest with some of you all, understand my voice. The, these words from God, and 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 the behavior of Jesus, and the fact that Jesus has experienced it first and went through it beforehand, and even told us that this is what prophets get, is what helped keep me going. <laughs> to be honest with you, the Jesus said, "Look, and, and in Scripture you, you'll find that three places a prophet is without honor. He's that." without honor in his own home, in his own hometown, and in his own country. Jesus is sharing with us an example of him in his own hometown around folk that should have been the first partakers and should have jumped on uh, the message and, and should have followed. They, these are the ones that really should have been blessed by what Jesus was talking about. These were the folk from that, that knew him and, and watched him grow up and all. But these were the ones that gave him the most problem. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. There's some prophets listening to me right now. You are wondering how come true prophets. I'm not talking about two false prophets out there. People love you. They, they, the Bible talks about how false prophets, they, you know, uh, people speak well of you and invite you to everything. On all kinds. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to the true prophets out there that are receiving nothing but hell in their homes. The true prophets out there that are receiving nothing but hell in their hometown. The true prophets out there that are receiving nothing but hell in your own hometown. I want to encourage you to to not give up. Don't get weak and weary in well-doing. For in the same way, their fathers treated the prophets which were before you. Now, what that means is the people that are giving you hell as a true prophet, they are of a particular spirit. And Jesus said that this is the way that their fathers or those who were of that particular spirit treated the prophets which were before you. Understand that that people's people's father or their lineage depends on what spirit they are. of. That's why as as true, true children of God, we call one another brother. We call one another sister. Why? Because we got the same father, which is God. But if you're not saved out there, you're not my brother. If you're not saved out there, you're not my sister. You you may be you may be uh, related in the flesh as a brother or a sister, but if you're not saved, you're a child of the devil. Just like before, I was saved. I was a child of the devil. So let's let's get this thing right. So so you know, Scripture talked about how you know Jesus said, "Look, woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for in the same way they treated the false prophets." Which word before you? Jesus said you need to watch that. See? What you need to watch that when when everybody's speaking well of you, everybody. Jesus, look, I didn't even. Jesus, look, I 
I didn't even get that kind of treatment. Jesus asked his disciples on one occasion, he said, who do men say I am? Disciples were like, ah, they say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're one of the prophets. Now, Jesus knew that wasn't all they were saying. The disciples didn't want to tell Jesus all they were saying. But some people saying that he was Beelzebub. Some people saying that he was the prince of the demons. Some people were saying that he was a false prophet and a false. Is that some people, there are a whole lot worse things were being said about Jesus than that. But Jesus is like, you know, I ain't going to deal with all that. What, who, what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ. Say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? You know, it, it, it's not who people say you are. Jesus didn't even trip too much off of who people said he was. Why? Because he knew who God said he was. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Don't you trip too much off of who people are saying you are. You make sure you know who God says you are because you're not who people say you are and you are not who people say you aren't. You are who God says you are. Men and women, they, 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 they talk about your reputation. They speak from your reputation. God speaks from your character. Look at the Bible. These, these individuals here, you know, they were speaking off, off of off of Jesus' reputation. Carpenter, carpenter's son, mother, sisters, brothers here with us. Uh, uh, so reputation. But God said below, this, behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God said, look, I'm talking about his character. God said, look, I know his character. Even though David committed adultery with Bathsheba, had a husband killed, counting the fighting men. God said, look, I'm talking about his character. He's a man after my own heart. People sometimes will try to sum up your character based on your flaws, but God sums up your character in spite of your flaws. Come on, saints, we're going to have to wrap this up pretty soon because I want to hear. Yeah. Uh, Secretary Clinton, uh, speak a little bit later on. Jesus was a prophet without honor in his own hometown. The Bible says in verse 1, Mark 6 and 1, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Watch this. And many who heard him were amazed. Now, and I've said this, and I've shared this with you all before, and I'm going to share it again, and God has it in my spirit. It's a difference between being amazed by what God has placed within someone and, and, uh, Submitting to what God has placed within someone. It's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference between being amazed by what God has placed within someone and following and following them in that. The people were amazed at what Jesus, what was in Jesus. They were amazed at his anointing. They were amazed at the authority he taught with. They were amazed at his knowledge of his scripture. But they didn't want to get with him. There's a lot of you all out there on the sound of my voice. You'd be, you know, be amazed. Oh, Pastor Brian, you remember them scriptures? Oh, Pastor Brian, boy, God be speaking to you. God. Yeah, you'd be amazed. But being amazed and joining up or being amazed and supporting or being amazed and getting behind, those, get, get, those are two different things. My prayer for you on the sound of my voice is, is that you won't just be amazed by the move of God in an individual's life, but that you will partake of it. These people were amazed, and Jesus left them right there. These people were amazed, and then start trying to look at Jesus from a fleshly, from a fleshly uh, point, instead of connecting themselves with the anointing that was in him. Jesus was God's son. Jesus was God. Let me, let me clarify. Not only was he God's son, Jesus was God walking around. And people in his own hometown were not bright enough, were not 
uh, in tune enough. We're not in touch enough with the spirit of God to recognize it. It's not it's not so much for God to, to work a miracle or do something spectacular in your sight. The question is, do you have eyes to see? Do you have ears to hear? God do all do. God said, Robert, I do miraculous stuff in front of people's face every day. Now, and still you got folk that don't believe in me. God said, I bring the sun up every day. Let me say, who, which, which of your scientists can bring the sun up? Which of your doctors or your wise men can bring the sun up? God said, I bring the sun up every day. And still folk don't believe in me. God said, I provide air to breathe for the whole of the world every day. Which of your scientists can, can do that? But yet people, some crazy, crazy, still don't believe in me. God said, I keep the earth, Robert, sitting right in the middle of the air, right in the middle of space, without hurtling down to hurtling down uh, into eternity. But yet, people still don't believe in me. So it ain't it ain't just a matter of God doing something miraculous in front of you. If you don't get a revelation from God, you'll still miss what's going on. Jesus was Jesus was doing all kinds of stuff. The people were amazed, but they didn't, they didn't believe. I mean, you all, you're amazed, but don't believe. Listen, amazed and not believing, God said that'll get you sent right straight to hell. You better start believing something. Come on, saints. Look at Where, look at verse, look at verse. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? That he even does miracles. Well, see, you 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 ought to have got it right there. That that evidence right there should have convinced you. That you say, Apostle, what's driving that? When you see a person operating in God's wisdom, that's because they know God. <laughs> that God's wisdom is an indicator that they know God. Operating in God's wisdom is an indicator that people are connected with God. If nothing else, just God, they seeing him operate in God's wisdom, they should have been all they should have been all over his ministry. They should have been all over his ministry. But the adversary had them too tricked up, had them too deceived. They look at they acknowledged that this was God's wisdom staring them in the face. So so the question becomes. If you are under the sound of my voice, if you are seeing God's wisdom staring you in the face and you won't support it or you won't join up with it or you won't follow, then what wisdom are you really operating under? If these people here in Jesus' day were looking to acknowledge and, and bore witness that it was that it was wisdom that he was operating in, looking at miraculous signs, but wouldn't support it wouldn't get with him, actually came against him, then the question is, what wisdom are you operating under? If you come against what is right, what wisdom are, what, 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 what are you, really, what do you really stand for? Now, I know the answer to that. God knows the answer to that. The question is, do you know the answer? When you're fighting against what's right, when you're fighting against the truth, when you're fighting against, then what, what are you really fighting for? Because listen, I don't need to know what you, I don't need to know what you're fighting for. All I got to do is look at what you're fighting against. Because what, what you're fighting against will tell me exactly what you're fighting for.
then they try to they try to justify because now they done been amazed, they done seen wisdom, they done seen miracles, and now their little peanut brains, rather than than deal with the truth, now they try to come up with and 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 validate and and excuse themselves. That's, 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 that's human nature. See, this is human nature. When when something has hit you in the face that is is, is true and that is right and that you know it is it is showing uh, how far you are from what 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 you really supposed to be doing that what you want to try to do is find fault that's what a lot of time people do now the man of god or the woman of god don't start hitting they hitting they sins or hitting they faults a little too hard now what the human nature is try to fight back let me, let me find some fault in you then let me find some fault in you jesus you know let's find some fault in you now, here it come. Here come the flesh now. Because see, Jesus done hit them. Jesus done hit them too hard with the spirit. And since they, they don't have the spirit to hit back with, because see, first of all, the spirit of God, when, when the spirit of God get hit by the spirit of God, he's not trying to hit back. When the spirit of God get hit with the spirit of God, the spirit of God is absorbing. The spirit of God is taking it. The spirit of God is taking it all in. It's the flesh that wants to try to fight back against the spirit of God. Jesus had hit them with the spirit of God, hit them with the wisdom of God, hit them with the miracles of God, hit them with the plan of God, hit them with the life of God, hit them with the knowledge of God. Boom, 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 boom. And now they're trying to fight back with the flesh. You know, they're trying to fight back with what they got. Why is it, you know, if a, if a man ever get into a, 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 a try to attack a woman? Why the first thing she wants to do is try to kick him in his in his scrotum. She's trying to she's trying to use what's what's you know what's that what, what she got available. She knows she ain't normally as strong as a man. She knows she ain't normally as big as a man. She knows she ain't normally as fast as a man. You know that's just the way God made things. So what you do? What do you teach teach women? Teach girls? Kick him in the kick him in his scrotum. Use what or scratch him scratch him with your fingernails or bite bite. You try to use what you got to try to equalize the situation. Well, they, they didn't have no spirit in them. They didn't have no spirit. So the only thing they can do is try to come back at him with the flesh. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Well, see, now, now that we done, brought, we done brought Joseph in it, now, now maybe we can try to, to, to uh, cast some, some doubt on Jesus because of the mistakes that Joseph made. Joseph was a man. He made mistakes, just like just like me and you. See, isn't Mary? Isn't this Mary's son? See, maybe we can find some fault in Mary. See, we can't find no fault in Jesus. Even Pilate told you that. I, they brought Jesus just before Pilate. Pilate said, "I find no fault in it." They couldn't find no fault in Jesus. So let's 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 let's, let's deal with his people. Let's deal with his people. That's why a lot of times you meet some people, you know, especially here in the South, small town. First thing people want to know is who who your people. Who, if they don't know you, they, they won't know who your people are. Because what they're assuming is that you're going to share some, from, from, from knowing who your people are, we can make some assumptions about you. What's your father's name, Apostle uh, Brian? Mm-hmm. See, you must want to find my father's name. Then you can go, you know, he, my father made a whole lot of straight mistakes in this area. What's your mama's name? Who you, who you, who your granddaddy? Who's your granddaddy? What's your brothers and sisters? Oh, man, my brothers and sisters. Oh, my goodness. Why? We're going to find out who your people are so we can, so we can try to get a framework as to who you are, where you coming from, what you all about. Because a lot of times people are like they people. 
Notice some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you're just as selfish as you can be. But you look up and you remember mama was selfish. Daddy was selfish. You come from a selfish family. Some of you out there on the sound of my voice, you just as disciplined as you possibly be. Well, you go back. A lot of times, maybe your father was a disciplined man or your mother was a disciplined man. Some of you out there on the sound of my voice, you love God passionately. and You love God deep. Well, you go back and find out you had a praying grandmama or that your daddy and your mother were, were, were deep in the church. A lot of times, people be like they people. That's why the Scripture talks about, thank you, Holy Spirit, be talking about a pastor or a bishop. When the Bible talked about a bishop, it was just talking about a pastor because that's what, a, that's what a, a bishop was in the early church. He was just a pastor, elder, overseer, shepherd. Talk about a, a bishop and he talk about his family. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? You out there on the sound of my voice, you out there underneath a pastor, underneath a bishop, you need to be, look, look at his family. The Bible talks about how he needs to be, there's certain characteristics that need to be in him, but then there need to be certain characteristics in his family. He manages his family well and sees to it that his children obey him with proper respect. If your pastor children don't want to obey him, now we're talking about children now. Cause once children get grown, go do their thing, you got to let people go. But the children that's in that house with that pastor and he can't get them to do right, he can't do, then, then what, in the world are you, what in the world are you doing in that ministry? The Bible asks a question, if he can't manage his own household and see to it that his own children obey him with proper respect, how can he take care of the house of God? Look at his family. Are his children disciplined? Are his children obedient? Or every time, every Friday night, he, he got to go, he, got, he can't even stay for, for Friday night service for going down to the police station to get his own son out of jail. And that boy staying right with him? Mm -mm, mm -mm. If he can't manage his own household, that he's supposed to rule that household well. That's the right rule. A lot of you ladies don't like that. And I'm seeing some Bibles want to try to change that word. Uh-uh. It says he rules his household well. See, we're living in a day and generation where weak men is, the, is, is real, real popular. But you true women of God out there, you ain't looking for that nonsense. And you true men of God out there, you ain't operating in that nonsense. Man is the head. God ain't changed that. God hasn't changed that. God is the head of Christ, as Christ is the head of every man, as man is the head of woman. That's the way God laid it down. Look, you can get all your little feminists together all you want to. Burn all the bras you want to. Burn your panties, too, if you want to. God ain't changed that. He ain't stepped off that. And real men of God and real women of God, their spirits bear witness with that truth. Come on, saints, let's finish this now, because I think Secretary is, is getting ready to talk. The Bible says, they went to jo hey, Joseph, Judah, Simon, his brothers and sisters, aren't they here with us? And they took offense at him. Now remember what we're talking about, capital B, so that we don't cause the, uh, offense. Now Jesus wanted to bring the, a great thing back to his people in his hometown. You know, just like I want to bring a great thing to those of you all out there under the sound of my voice. Whether you accept it or reject it, that's your business. I want to bring a great thing to you. In the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the word of God, trying to prepare you for your eternity is the greatest thing in your life, whether you recognize it or not. Now, for years, I didn't recognize it. My grandfather tried to bring me the gospel. I didn't want to hear that stuff. I was like real stubborn, real rebellious. Grandpa, get out of here. Don't nobody want to hear that stuff about the white man's God. So crazy. So crazy. And, and now look at this. Now, this, that, the same uh, so-called white man's God that I was proclaiming as a fool, now here I am proclaiming uh, that God. But it's not the white man's God. He's just God uh, for all men and all women, all nation, all kindred and tongue. 
But that's how crazy I was. I, my grandfather tried to tell me about the Lord as a young demon-possessed fool. I didn't want to hear it. And this is partly why I'm having to reap some of what I'm reaping right now. <laughs> God is showing me, Robert. This, this is how you were. You, you didn't want to hear what I had to say. You know you had to, you had to, to reap that. You had to reap them seeds that you sowed. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I, I know, I know. Bible says they took offense at him. Jesus said, watch this now, only in his hometown and amongst his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. His hometown, his relatives, and his own house is a prophet without honor. Only. Jesus said, look, I go to other places. I got thousands of people want to hear me. And that's the same thing with me. I go to other countries, other, other Christian son of church or Church worldwide members go and it's standing room only when I get there. People be excited, waiting all outside for me to get in. You all here <laughs> in my own country? Yeah. But scripture, listen, children of God, the scripture cannot be broken. God's word is true if nothing else is. God's going to tell you the truth if nobody else does. Bible says he could not even do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people, heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. See, listen to me, children of God. We don't want to amaze God for the wrong reason. There many times in Scripture you see where Jesus was amazed too. Now, the Bible said the people were amazed at Jesus. Well, then Jesus turned around and was amazed at the people. He was amazed at their lack of faith. My prayer for you in the sound of my voice is that you don't amaze God for the wrong reason. Jesus was amazed. Jesus talked about being amazed at the centurion who had such faith that he talked about Jesus just saying the word and his servant would be healed. Jesus was amazed, told his disciples, I haven't seen such faith in all Israel. He was amazed on the good side for that centurion. But here he is amazed at their lack of faith. May you not amaze God for your lack of faith. May you not amaze God for your lack of giving to the work of God after God done blessed you with so much. May you may not amaze God with your stupidity. May you not amaze God with your wickedness. May you not amaze God with your selfishness. Let's don't amaze God. For the wrong reasons. Bible said that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Some of y'all understand my voice. Jesus is amazed at your lack of giving. Lord, like after all I have given him, after all I have given her, and this is what they want to contribute to the work of God. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, God is amazed at, the, at, at, at the, for the wrong reason. Let us not amaze God for the, for the wrong reason. Amazed. Jesus was amazed. Jesus was like, ah. That's what our Nigerian brothers and sisters will say when they see something that's crazy. Ah, ah. Jesus was like, ah. So as a result of Jesus being amazed at them for the, for the wrong stuff now, or, or, or amazed at them for craziness, he couldn't do much in their lives. Some of you all don't even realize that's why God can't do a whole lot in your life, because he amazed at you for something crazy that you're doing. Amazed at your lack of attendance in church. He's amazed at your lack of application to the Word of God. He's amazed at your lack of belief. We don't want to amaze God for the wrong stuff. Amaze God for the question. Amazed just means you just like wow. Sometimes we see things that's amazing. I've been in I've been in places and you know. Maybe seeing individuals do certain things, good stuff, and it'd be amazing. Wow. Somebody come in and, and, and give donate a million dollars to the Christian Center right now. Man, I'm going to be amazed. Wow, man. God. Oh, the Lord bless you. That's great. 
But then somebody come in and, 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 and uh, you know, bomb a church. You'd be amazed, too. But just be like, man, how could you bomb a Or go in a church and, and start shooting people doing Bible study. How can you? So people can be amazed for good things that's being done or that you're doing. Or people can be amazed at bad things. You know, let us amaze God for our faith. Let us amaze God for our our steadfastness and our unmovableness. Let us amaze God with our with the with the the the, the uh, our abundant giving. Let's amaze God for good. Let's amaze God for some good stuff, and God will amaze you with some good stuff. God bless you, children of God. Heaven smile on you. Sure, so we don't cause offense. Jesus did some stuff. He went on and left there. He went on and got out of there, so he didn't cause any offense. God bless you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.